0: Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message.
1: My name is Mindy, and this is my husband, Royce. Uh, We have been married for 18 years. years. Uh, We've been going to Celebration Church for eight years. We have a great passion for marriage ministry. Groups is a way for you to get connected, a way for you to feel connected and actually be connected, to do life with other couples. And in marriage ministry, that support is something that is just, is something that is invaluable. You know, as we go through different changes, you have someone there to pray with you, to stand in the gap
0: with you. Yeah, when you think about marriages that don't have that support system, You can sometimes feel like you're in a desert or you feel like you're out there by yourself. And for folks who've come from broken homes or have varying experiences with respect to marriage, it's always nice to have a lifeline of of a community who who buys into your marriage and who puts God first in the process. So having a group has strengthened our marriage, but it's also uh, made us more accountable to other marriages so that we make sure that we're loving each other the way that God has ordained for us to. And that makes it way outward in its way outward um and without groups that without having that accountability it can sometimes be difficult Uh, so we've been strengthened very much so by being a part of a group but especially leading
1: when we don't meet and then we come back that following week our group members say oh i missed you guys we really needed you and and it just shows that the connection is there and the support is there and that it matters that we're in this group together
0: yeah being a part of a, a ministry this size sometimes people are intimidated and the focus that celebration has on groups it really does make it more intimate so we we would always recommend groups to people no matter what they're looking for we always say you know you want to get plugged into a group because that level of community that's going to really shrink the size of of their experience of celebration and so and they get to feel like they're a part of something they can build and do life with people in a more intimate way i love our church
1: because our leadership truly has a passion and a heart for people. And it's evident in the innovation and all the changes that we do over the years, the things that we've seen, it's because there's a need and we make adjustments in order to meet the need of the people. So I love my church because there's a place for everyone. Isn't
2: that great? Isn't that great? Let's give him a hand. All right, church, how's everybody doing today? Awesome, man, great to see you. Hey, would you please help me welcome all of our locations as well as everyone watching online this morning. Come on, let's give them a big hand clapping. We are so glad that you're here wherever you're attending celebration. And we are in the I Love My Church series. And uh, you know, if, if if this is your first time to celebration um, and you're just kind of coming in right now, I wanna let you know that it's not like, we're not like bragging on our church, even though I obviously brag on our church because I'm the pastor, but what we're doing is we're taking a reference out of Matthew 16, where Jesus says, uh, on this rock, Peter's revelation that he is the Christ, on this rock, Jesus says, I will build my church. He doesn't say a church, he doesn't say the church, he doesn't say some church. He says, I will build my church, very possessive language. And and he goes on to say, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And what happens is when we take ownership of our church and we say, you know what, this is, I don't go to that church, but this is my church. When we take that same ownership and that same attitude that Jesus had, what we will find is that we begin to see God's kingdom advance in our lives. And the things that are pushing us back, we begin to push those things back. So I hope that you've been enjoying our series And uh, we're going to continue it today. I do want to say this, that next weekend, uh, water baptism weekend, man, it is just, it's one of the funnest weekends of the year. We only do this twice a year. We have a regular service with worship and a message. The message is is a little bit uh, shorter. And then we give you time to see a lot of the baptisms out there. So if you have not been water baptized, man, next weekend is your weekend to do it. It's Labor Day weekend. College football kicks off. I'm so excited. Excited! This year's going to be great as I enjoy LSU winning the national championship. And uh, it's going to be absolutely awesome when we beat Alabama and Nick Saban. I mean Saban, I'm sorry. uh, Glitch there. But uh, it's a really fun weekend is what I'm trying to say, so you don't want to miss it. And if you haven't been water baptized, uh, as an adult or, or, you know, when you— You understand what you're doing next weekend is your time to do it so we've been in our series I love my church and we've been talking about the mission and vision of celebration our mission is we're leading people to experience a God first life right there out of Matthew 633 and if you said well how do you do that what's the vision how do you get people to live and to lead a God first life we say well what we want you to do is we want you to know God everybody say no God We want you to find freedom, say find freedom. We want you to discover your purpose, say discover your purpose, and we want you to make a difference. Everybody say make a difference. So our vision is real simple here at Celebration. Our vision is for you, and that's to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. And everything that we do here at our church revolves around those uh, four principles for you. And uh, we've talked about that knowing God, our primary uh, ministry stream, to do that is, is our weekend services. That's why you're here today. We're going to learn God's Word. We're going to know Him better. Finding freedom, that's best, uh, that's best happens in a, in a smaller community, what we call groups here at Celebration. There's We have hundreds and hundreds of every different type of small group, and there's a group for you. And we have our groups expo today. We really want you to stop by that. Discover your purpose, that's why we have growth track, growth track, class number four is today, where you can kind of learn how you're wired and how God's gifted you. And then when we talk about making a difference, that's when we talk about serving. You know, Jesus said that whoever amongst you wants to be great must be, what, a servant to all, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many." And so that's where we talk about getting on a team or being on a serving team. And so we're going to talk about that fourth thing here today. We're going to talk about making a difference. And before we pray, I just want to remind everyone, look, that, you know, we, we, we can't reach the world by sitting in a pew. And a lot of people look at, at church as kind of like this destination, you know, like I was you know, I'm away from God, I've been out of church, so now I'm coming to church, okay, so like, you know, I've made it. You know, like I'm coming to church now. And, and we need to understand that the church is not a destination, but the church is actually what God uses for transportation to transport you out into the world to bring the love and light of Jesus, amen? So we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that today. And I've simply titled this message, Making a Difference, Making a Difference. Father, we love you, Lord, for these next 30 minutes or so. God, I just pray, God, for a revelation from your word by your spirit, God, that we will understand how important we are, how valuable we are to you and the part that we play in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. And amen. All right. So, let's look at 1 Corinthians. We're going to look at a few verses out of 1 Corinthians. We're going to look at uh, verse 12, verses 19 through 22, and then we're going to look at verse 27. This is all out of the passage of scripture. You can read it on your own verses 12 through 31 where the apostle Paul is talking about the body of Christ and that we're one body in many parts. Look what it says here in verse 12. It says, "The human body has many Parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Everybody say many parts. Everybody say one body. So we're many parts, but we're part of one body. And it's in the body of Christ, this is where we can take our individuality and connect it to a whole and really make a difference. And here's what I like to say. What I am a part of is bigger than the part that I play. Do you see? It's being, how many many of you know Jesus has the power? Jesus has the freedom. Jesus has the love. It's in the body of Christ. So here's the good news. We have a part, but the, the, the part that we play is not, nearly as big as what we are a part of. What we are a part of is greater than the part that I personally play. And this is what gives us the power, okay? This is what allows us to make the difference. Let's look at a few more scriptures. It says, how strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. So I think sometimes, you know, in, uh, in the church we have this idea where, you know, there's the spiritual people and people that pray and, you know, people that lead and there's the pastor and all that kind of stuff. And they're really, you know, those, those visible parts are kind of really what the church needs to move forward. The Apostle Paul is saying exactly the opposite, that everyone is valuable. Everyone is needed. Everybody has a part to play, and I've heard this before. I've heard things like, well, you know, Stovall Celebration, you know, it's so big, and all these campuses and all this kind of stuff. First of all, let me just put a stop to that. We are a very small church. Okay, watch. Jacksonville has over 1.2 million people, okay? You know how many people we have that come to our church? I mean, a lot. I mean, like 30,000 say they come. I mean, like what the actual attendance is on on the weekend, about 12,000. That's 1%. How many of you think 1% is big? 1% is not big. So what I'm trying to tell you is, first of all, in in context of, of our communities and cities, Man, we're, we're only 1%. How many of you know Jesus wants to reach, and I know there's other great churches here that reach people. How many of you know Jesus wants to reach more than 1% of the population of Jacksonville? But I've heard this before. Well, uh, you know, our church is big, and you know, there's so many people here. You know, maybe I can go to a smaller church and, and may, I can make a, a bigger difference there. Let me, let me ask you this. Just think about building things, okay? If we were gonna build like a shed, out back. It would only be, I would only need me and a couple of guys. Well, if I'm there, I can't build anything. So I might just be there to watch. I'd need three, another guy to take my place. And uh, I mean, if you want it to work. And uh, we go out there, maybe it takes half a day. We can build a little shed. We we only need a a, a few of us. But if you've ever seen some, uh, you know, a, a massive project constructing a skyscraper, constructing a huge stadium, what does it take? It takes tons and tons of teams and workers and equipment. Why? Because the scale of that project, the design of that project is so much bigger than just a shed. I wanna say this, listen, the design that God has for your life and the design that God has for our church, it's not just some woodshed out back. It's gonna be a skyscraper, so to speak. So what I'm saying is, We need you. We need you. You're needed here. And I like what this says here. The last scripture kind of sums it up. It says, all of you together. Everybody say together. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. What I am a part of. Of, Are you following me? I'm sorry. What I am a part of is much bigger than the part that I play. But the part that I play is a way that I can make a multiplied huge difference in the world and in the lives of others. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? How many of you... How many of you, you, you want to make a difference with your lives? I hope everyone, you know, you, you want to make a difference with your lives. You're not just living for yourself. And I think one of the challenges that we have is, you know, we, we have so many needs. We have so many problems. I think what happens to us, and I think what, one of the tricks is of the enemy is, is to get us so focused on our own situation and on our own needs. We, we, we can't look out and see the needs of others and how we can make a difference in the lives of others. And did you know that God has designed it? If you will stop looking at your own mess and maybe uh, look at something else and you begin to meet the needs of others, God will begin to meet the needs in your life. That's that's how this works. Watch this. Hey, look, this is so cool. Uh, who's into art here? Good, good, well, yeah. I'm not into art, but surely we have some art people in here, right? Who's into art? Okay, let's see if y'all recognize uh, this painting here. This is one of the most expensive paintings in the world. Let's let's put it up there. Let's put it up there. Two dudes (laughs) playing cards. Guess what this painting is called? The card players. How about that? It was painted, are you familiar with this painting? I wouldn't, and I like playing cards. I've never seen this painting. Look, uh, don't forget, blackjack's 21, that's God's game. Okay, so, don't gamble. But if you win, it's not gambling. Let me move on, okay, so. This was painted in 1894 by Paul Sassan. Sassan? I see some of y'all know. Yes, Sassan. Yes, that was Sassan. This painting, uh, The Card Players, it came up with a very symbolic existential title. It's called The Card Players. Are you ready for this? This painting is worth $300 million. $300 million. Now, I was astonished to find out that this was actually the second most expensive painting in the world. I wanted to show you. I said, go find the most expensive painting in the world. But they came back to me and they said, well, you can't show that one because it's of a naked woman. <laughs> so I was like, how much is the naked woman painting worth? If this was worth $300 million? they were like $700 million. I was like, man, she must be a good looking woman. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. 700 million? What? But look, $300 million. Okay, so here's what that means. If this went to an auction, right? I mean, it can sell for up to $300 million. I just say, look, just take a photo on your cell phone and, you know, have it on there and Watch this. So this is $300 million. Let me ask you this. What if they brought this painting to the auction and it looked like this? You think they could sell it for $300 million? Oh, but come on, it's just one piece. Well, it it, it doesn't portray the picture that the artist wanted it to portray? Okay, but it's just, come on, it's just one piece. It's just one part. I mean, you can, you know, just because this part is missing from the whole, we can still get the gist of it. Can I tell you this? When you're not playing your part, this is how the body of Christ looks. God has a picture God has a picture of his church, a picture of a glorious church moving forward the body of Christ. And when we don't assume our part, guess what? It's it's incomplete. I encourage you today Listen, we don't want celebration. We don't want the body of Christ to look like this. No, you know what? We want to give the full picture of Jesus to this world. We want the full value of the church to be shown to the world. And for the full value to be shown, you need to be part of the picture. You have a chapter in the story, you're a piece to the puzzle. It's just not the same without you. I want you to think about this. You know, think about toys when you put a toy together or when you put that demonic IKEA furniture together. (laughs) Have you ever noticed there's no extra parts? You know, you put a toy together for your kid and all of a sudden you look behind the box and here's a bunch of parts. You're like, "Uh uh-oh, this thing's gonna break down. It's not working. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not functioning. Let me tell you something. In God's church, there's no extra parts. There's not just a bunch of you on the sidelines that maybe you can get involved as some people fall by the way. There's no extra parts. This isn't, this isn't a movie. You know, you have extras in a movie. You know, I was in a movie. One time I actually had a, a role. It's called The Gray Ghost. It's about uh, LSU uh, Heisman Trophy winner. It started uh, Jessica Lang and Dennis Quaid. I was in that movie. They wanted me to be a movie star. I was like, yeah, I got to preach, all right, so no. They're like, look, we'll hire you. You can make hundreds of millions of dollars, and you can buy the card player painting. I was like, no, thank you. But I really was in this, in, in this movie. I, I, I had one little part where I welcomed Dennis Quaid and Jessica Lang. They were a couple into the dance at the fraternity that he was in. These are actually back in my frat days. And other than that part, I was an extra in the movie. You know what we extras did? We just sat around in the back doing nothing just in case someone got sick or they needed more people for this scene or, or that scene or whatever. But like we really, we just sat around. There's, there's no extras in God's church. There's no extra parts, there's no extra, but this isn't like a, 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 a sports team. You know, like an NFL team where there's 60 players, but only 22 play at a time. No, everybody has a role. Everybody has a part to play. Everybody is valuable. Everybody is needed. In fact, the other day I was watching, um, it was either one of the news shows or documentary or something, but it was talking about the budget cuts in the military. And what it did was it showed this entire fleet of these planes, these amazing fighter jets and they were all just grounded in this huge hangar just lined up one after the other. And they were talking to the Air Force guy and he was saying, yeah, all of these amazing fighter jets, they're awesome, they all work fine, they're ready to go, except there's one little part. I don't know what the name of it was, I don't know what it did. And it said what they had been doing, he said, we've been able to pull scraps that we've been able to pull this part off other planes that are out of use to use them, but we've gotten to the place until we order or we're able to get funding to order this watch. One part, this entire fleet of Air Force jets are grounded. Listen, church, we are not a cruise ship. We are a battleship. And we need every part in its place so that we can fight the good fight of faith. God doesn't want his church like those fighter jets just grounded because there's some parts missing. Come on, I'm telling you, we have potential. Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church, but until you say it's my church, I'm gonna play my part. We're not gonna see that happen like God wants to see it happen. Mmm, mm, mm. <laughs> So look, Christ's body, we've got to get on a team. That's what it's talking about here. And here's what I want to say to that. Look, to fulfill God's dream, you must be on a team. Come on, Jeff, didn't you hear that? <laughs> to fulfill God's dream, you must be on a team. How many of you remember, you have to be a little bit old for this. How many of you remember the dream team with Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls, and all that? The dream team, right? Watch. Let me say this. See, God has a dream. He has a dream for your life. He has a dream for the church. But if we're not on a team, God can't fulfill his dream. That's what all of 1 Corinthians 12 is about. You think back to the dream team, Michael Jordan and and all those guys on the dream team. Let me ask you this. What is Michael Jordan without a team? Think about it. If Michael Jordan wasn't on a team, how what kind of impact could he make? Well, we could we could like watch him shoot some hoops by himself. Like awesome. But only because he was part of a team, could he fulfill the dream of himself and the dream that that city and those people had for that team. Think about any great quarterback, any great running back. You know, I mean, come on, Leonard Fournette, LSU, like, what? <laughs> All right, I'll stop. But think about it, Think about any great, any great running back in the NFL. What, what is he without a team? Well, we could go outside and watch him run some sprints, see how fast he is. Let's say it's one of the Jags players. I wrote him down. Who's that wide receiver? I like this wide receiver. Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, man. Okay, watch this. What is Allison? Uh, Allison. I hope that's not prophetic. You need to tighten up, Allen. Hit those weights. What is Allen Robinson without a team? What is he without the Jags? Well, we could watch him catch some passes out in the field, but watch. He's not going to bring us any joy. He's not going to impact the city. He's not going to be part of the Super Bowl. Are you following me? You you can't fulfill a dream without being on a team. This is how God has designed this to work. So then you might be saying this, well, okay, Stovall, you know, I, I, I want to make a difference. You know, I mean, obviously, I, I, I want to be on a team. I want to make a difference. Well, then why is it that so many people choose not to make a difference with their lives? I want to give you four, what I've found as a pastor, I want to give you four common reasons why people choose not to make a difference with their lives. Number one, it just really doesn't matter. You know, like God's sovereign, right? God's just gonna do what he's gonna do, right? And it's just gonna kind of all work out, you know, however he wants it to work out. No, that's not right. There's God's revealed will. There's God's conditional will. There is a sovereign will to God. Watch this. Jesus is coming back whether we pray or not and whether you're involved or not. Has not He is coming back. But can I tell you this? How the church operates in the earth, the number of people that end up in eternity with God instead of eternity separated from God. Our involvement makes a difference. If it didn't make a difference, Jesus wouldn't have said, pray to God that we can get more laborers into this harvest field because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You know what he's saying? They're just they're, there's, These people are gonna buy into these lies and they're not gonna wanna make a difference. Why do you think the Bible talks about that, you know, some people, they're, they're going to be saved, but they're going to have no rewards. All their rewards are going to be burned up, but they themselves will be saved. And then there's going to be some people that stand before God and they're going to have all these rewards. Why? Because you playing your part matters. Why does Jesus talk about the parable of the talents? Why does he talk about the parable of the virgins? I could just go on and on throughout the entire gospel. I'm telling you, it matters. It matters To God, it matters to the kingdom, and it matters how your life turns out. In fact, it matters so much, did you know this, that God made it impossible, the way he designed us, he made it impossible for us to be truly happy unless we finally come to a place where we are making a difference in the lives of others. Watch, I'm going to prove it to you. Since some of y'all don't believe the Bible, I'm going to show you some psychology. How about that? We're getting cultured today at Celebration. We're going into the arts, the sun. We're going into some psychology. Watch this. These are the four basic human needs, okay? These are also biblical, but these are the four basic human needs, okay? First of all, physical needs. Every human being, food, clothing, and shelter, Right? You can't live your life. There's about 80% of the world has some sort of, you know, food, clothing, and shelter. Now, our definition of that is much different from a third world country. But what I'm saying is these are people at the baseline of this definition, they're getting enough food and water to survive, and they have a roof over their heads, okay? That's the most basic of human needs, okay? The next thing is safety needs. About seventy percent of the world has these needs fulfilled. That's basically where you, you live in an area where there's 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 law and order. Now there's obviously there's obviously risk anywhere, but there's basically law and order. If things go how the law the laws are, you're going uh, to have relative safety. Then there's love needs. Okay, these are from family and spouse and relationships. This is why it's so important uh, uh, to have positive relationships in your life, and, 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 and you know, parents, kids, everyone, these love needs are huge. And then there's esteem needs. Okay, that's where um, you get affirmation, you get compliments, okay? This is if you look at kids, this is why every kid will eventually find a group. He'll find a group where he is affirmed, you know? So that's why a lot of times kids that are gifted in sports, what they'll they'll get on an athletic team because they realize I'm affirmed here, I'm I'm valued here, I feel needed here. Or kids that are interested in the arts, they'll get into theater or or music or things like that. Now, before I move on from these basic needs, I just wanna remind you about these four things and especially these two right here, watch. Every human being will seek to fulfill these needs either in a healthy way or an unhealthy way. This is why kids get into gangs. This is why kids, people get into stuff. Why? Because they have to have these needs met. And so it's our job as a church, what? As the family of God. To provide loving, healthy environments. Part of our vision for the riot and them going uh, to more groups this year. Loving, healthy environment where these needs, first of all, only God can meet this in its deepest way, but that everyone can get needs met in a healthy biblical way. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? So watch. But getting these needs met, watch, this is just, in other words, if you can get these needs met in a basic way, you're just treading water. This is ground zero here, okay? You get these, ne- okay, now, now, now we're gonna get into growth needs. These next four, these are what actually bring happiness in some way, okay? There's cognitive needs, that's education, you're wired, you're interested in this, you wanna understand why, learning, uh, things like that. Aesthetic needs, okay? This is how you appreciate beauty and nature, and you know what I'm saying, why we can't just you know, sit you know, in a room for the rest of our lives, you need to see beauty and nature and all that kind of stuff. This is also, if you think experiences and, and uh, vacations, things like that, okay? Then there's self-actualization needs. This is where you find yourself, we're like, okay, I've got potential in this area. I could be really good at this. Like, I really want to grow in this, Like you realize you're gifted, you're wired in this way. We try to help you with that in our growth track classes. You're gifted, you're wired this way. I, I want to, I, I can grow into this and I can, I can be good at it. And then the last one only, or I, could, I should say less than 2% of people are operating at this last one, okay? And the thing is, unless you end up operating at this last one, You can never really be happy. This is transcendence needs. Transcendence. I am the internet. Wasn't there a movie about that? Some dude turned into the internet. Johnny Depp. Didn't he? No. Y'all are giving me that Christian look like that might have been a bad movie, so I'm not sure if I should raise my hand. But yes, I saw it. By the way, I know it's hot in here. Hopefully not at our other locations. I know it's hot in here. Our air conditioning broke this morning, but it's fixed and it'll cool down. So just tighten up and suffer. All right, so anyway, we'll all be fine. Transcendence needs. Let me tell you something about transcendence needs, okay? Transcendence is when you live a life beyond yourself that makes a difference. This can only be done when you're satisfying the needs of others. This is why Jesus says, if you wanna be great, you know what he's saying? If you wanna experience greatness, then it's not about being served, it's about what? Serving. This is why Jesus says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Church, I know that less than 2% of the world is actually walking in this, but I'm saying God wants 100% of his people walking in that because he wants you to be happy, because he wants you to be filled. You can't be fulfilled just life being all about you, and then every now and then you give a little or you help a little. It's got to go beyond that. So it does matter. Next thing. Oh man, this is, this is a whole nother message. <laughs> Intention is mistaken for action. Intention, here's what's gonna happen. Listen, at all of our locations today, you know what? Everyone's gonna go out here thinking, yeah, I'm gonna make a difference. Woo-hoo, yes, card players helping people. Yes, make a difference. And watch this, we're gonna have the very best intentions to get on a team Or get in a group because we know deep down inside that we're not really going to be happy unless we fulfill God's purpose in making a difference in the lives of others. But so many people, they just stop at intention and they never get down to actually doing it. You know, I've seen this on social media. Have you ever been on social media and it's something, you know, like, Pray for this or pray for that, you know, hashtag pray for this, pray for that. And we're social media and we're tweeting and we're Instagramming and Facebooking and pray for this, pray for that. And then later on you realize like, you know, I never really prayed. I, I tweeted prayers. I Facebook pray. I hashtagged pray for this. But like I haven't actually prayed. Why? Here, because here's what intention does. Intention has this way of making us feel like, even though we're not doing it, we'll eventually get around to it because we wanna do it and we know it's the right thing to do. But this is the problem with that. Direction, not intention, determines destination. Direction, not intention, determines destination. Look, you can have every intention of going to Miami. You can wanna go to Miami so bad. You have every intention of going to Miami. I'm telling you, if you go out of here and you get on 95 and you head north, you're gonna wind up in New York City. It doesn't matter how badly you wanted to go to Miami or the best of intentions that you wanted to go to Miami, 95 north leads to New York. If you don't get on 95 South, you're not going to Miami. And we laugh at that. But it's amazing how many Christians look at their walk with God like that. Amen. Intention is mistaken for action. So come on, let's take action today. Are you with me? Are you with me? Number three, we've got to get through these. I'm too busy. Oh, give me a break. Okay, then be busy. Be busy and miserable. Who's not busy? Is there anybody in the entire world anymore that's not busy? We're all busy. I'm busy. You busy. Everybody busy, busy, busy. So what? Put God first. Be a good steward. And you know what? Here's what happens. Listen, listen. It's just like tithing, okay? It's just like tithing. You give God your finances, you give him that 10%, right? Not five, not seven and a half, 10. You give God that 10%, your natural mind says this, I only have 90% left. So, so I'm gonna be without. But what we understand spiritually and what actually happens is what? God makes that 90% go a whole lot further with his blessing than you're 100% without it. And he, you put yourself in a position to be blessed with more. Finances, because given you shall receive. He will return to you, right? Same thing with time. You give God time. Okay, I'm gonna sign up, I'm gonna be part of whatever serving team, and I'm gonna come here twice a week, 15 minutes early, so I can be on this team. I can, t- I can at least make, start making a difference as part of a team in the lives of others. You know, here's what I'm saying God will multiply your time the same way, okay? Don't let, don't fall into the trap of busy you're not wasting space, God needs you, and it really doesn't even matter where you are in your walk with God, and that leads me to the last one. I'm not ready. What do you mean you're not ready? I mean, are we ever really ready for, like some people have this idea, like I gotta clean myself up. You know, I mean, I can't really serve here or whatever, I'm I'm not sure if I'm a good enough example. I gotta clean myself up. How many of you remember the story of Jonah? Jonah is a great story of someone that thought he wasn't ready. He was messed up. God called him to go preach repentance to Nineveh. Nineveh was a mess. Jonah was a mess. But God came in and said, Jonah, Listen, even though you're a mess, guess what? You have the message for the mess. Jonah, if you will take your eyes off your own mess and put your eyes on the bigger mess, then I will clean up the mess in your own life. Are you following me? Here, listen. You have the message for the mess. Jesus is on the inside of you. It doesn't matter what you've done or who you are, or where you've come from. I'm telling you, God has a call on your life, and that call is to make a difference. It doesn't matter your flaws, your issues, your sins, or whatever's going on in your life. Jesus is calling you right now to make a difference. Church, no, I don't want us going forward anymore. I don't want to look at the church and see a bunch of empty pieces up there. But I want us to experience the full picture that God has for our lives and for our church. Come on. Will you say yes to that today? Come on, let's stand. Let's worship. Let's worship.
0: Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.